Alright, we are into hour two of the program. Aaron Vickers and Logan Gordon along with you. Alongside our outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, this afternoon. We're here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Just put another wrap on hour one of the program. A little bit of baseball talk, a little bit of hockey talk. Dove into uh, Jose Bautista. Meeting with the Toronto media today to sign a one-day contract and officially retire as a member of the Toronto Blue Jays ahead of his ceremony to raise his name to the level of excellence. Saturday at Rogers Centre. And our NHL offseason in review continued. Chat with Mike Morreale from NHL.com. All things New Jersey Devils, Flames fans. A little scouting report there on... Yegor Sharon Govich from a guy that saw him up close and personal. And some good things to say about one of the newest members of the Flames AV. So I think Flames fans probably want to check that one out. Yeah, the thing that I was curious about asking him is, is Sharon Govich the 24-goal, 46-point guy two years ago, or is he the guy that only had 13 and 30 last year? And, and, and Mike had some interesting things to say on that, so definitely check it out. Coming up on Hour 2, it's an all-CFL power hour here on Sportsnet 960. Head of a massive matchup for the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday. They're getting set to take on the BC Lions, who are 6-2 on the season and will have starting quarterback Vernon Adams Jr. back in the lineup. Stamps potentially countering with an offensive ad of their own as Kadeem Carey is a game-time decision. He's practiced all week and is expected to play tomorrow in BC. We'll hear from Patrick Dumas, one of our Stampeders reporters here on Sportsnet 960 a little bit later on this hour. But to kick things off, speaking of Patty Dumas, he chatted with Matt Baker, Communications manager, BC Lions, does a lot of Lions-related podcasts, keeps up with the team on a full-time basis. To get a first-hand look at the Stampeders' opponents and what's gone right in a 6-2 and two start to the year for the Lions, here's Matt Baker with Patrick Dumas, all things BC Lions, ahead of their matchup with the Stamps on Saturday. Let's talk about your bunch. Uh, the BC Lions, uh, they'll be the Stamps' opponent tomorrow evening. And uh, Vernon Adams, sounds like he's good to go. Uh, returns to action. He had his way with the Stampeders back in week one. Uh, just uh, talk about uh, Adam's impact being back with this offense. Yeah, obviously that's going uh, to be huge. And, you know, the timing is impeccable with, with Dane Evans looking like he'll have to, he'll, he won't be dressed uh, for at least a week, <laughs> yeah. maybe two, but we'll see. And uh, yeah, this, uh, this is going to give the offense the boost that it needs. And you know, despite uh, a rough outing in Toronto week three with the interceptions, mm-hmm. I mean, this this was a guy who was basically in the top two, top three of, of all the major passing categories before he went down right up there with with Mr. Calera. Mm-hmm. So uh, the thing about Vernon Adams Jr., in, and, and I've said this, you know, maybe even on this station, but certainly a few times, not easy situation coming in middle of last year with everything Nathan Rourke was doing, you know, mm-hmm. setting the league on fire. But he came in and he immediately commanded the respect of that locker room. Uh, you know, Vernon's ability as a quarterback, I think, speaks for itself. But 
just the, his entire impact on the locker room and the organization. You know, he's a great teammate. The great quarterbacks are also great professionals in this league, like some of these others we're talking about. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, that comes at a right time. Uh, looked good in practice this week, had the knee brace on, but he doesn't think it'll affect his mobility that much, which is important. And um, that'll give the offense uh, the boost, uh, we sure hope. That's Matt Baker, Director of Communications for the BC Lions. He joined Patrick Dumas earlier today chat about the Stampeders' next opponent, the BC Lions, on Saturday, set for a 5 p.m. kickoff. Vernon Adams Jr. back behind center for the BC Lions, who are 6-2 and two on the season, stamps 3-5. and five. We'll get a Stampeders' perspective with Patty coming up in just a few moments' time, but uh, last night, CFL action kicked off in Edmonton, Mr. Vickers, <laughs> and it sure looked like the Elks were set to just stun the Bombers and end... This horrid home losing streak, only to have backup quarterback Drew Brown come in and lead them uh, to 38 points scored and only seven given up when the Elks took a 22 nothing lead and Zach Kalaros was out of the game. 38-29, your final. Where do you where do you even go from here? And I'm I don't want to say I'm so glad you brought this up, but I was curious if we'd get to it because yeah, as you mentioned, up 22 nothing. Lose 38-29 to extend your home losing streak to 400 games? Feels like it. 13-game losing streak overall as well, which is a franchise worse as well. That's home or away. So no matter how you cut this one up, up 22 zip. Lose 38-29. Like, they're finding, and, and they knocked out the MOP. Oh, it was just the backup will come in. Drew Brown will come in. 17 for 24 for 307 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. No big deal. They're finding ways to just make this creative now. It's not the same storyline week in, week out. They're finding new ways to... You think you, you feel for them. Do you? I Text mean, line 960-960, do you feel bad for an Edmonton franchise that... At some point, I think you feel a little bit bad. I mean, I like Matt kind of said with Patrick there, I kind of feel bad for some of the people behind the scenes that are trying to make yes. football work there and, and don't have the product to back it up. But as far as a rivalry thing, I don't know that many in Calgary care less that Edmonton team Not lose. shedding a tear? don't think so. Just creative. Just yeah. creative. Uh, he's Aaron Vickers. I'm Logan Gordon. Uh, Stan Peters' perspective ahead of a big game for them. They started the month off right with a win against the undefeated, previously undefeated Toronto Argonauts. Now a chance for revenge against the BC Lions team that beat them earlier on this season. We'll get you a live stance report with Patrick Dumas. It's next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Saturday night in BC, it's a massive game for the Calgary Stampeders as they look to climb their way back up in the West Division. Started the month off right, taking down the previously undefeated Toronto Argonauts. And now... Trying to get some revenge for an earlier season loss against the 6-2 and two BC Lions. So let's take a look at the Calgary Stampeders perspective. Heading into Saturday's game, very happy to go down the Atlas Peach and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. And welcome in our Stampeders reporter and the producer of Russick and Rose on the big show. It is Patrick Dumas joining us this afternoon. Patty, how are you, pal? I'm good, brother. How you doing? I'm doing good, my man. Uh, it's got a big game feel on Saturday for the Stampeders after a big win against Toronto last week. 
Oh, yeah. That was uh, obviously a massive win for, for the Stampeders last week uh, against the undefeated, uh, previously undefeated Toronto Argonauts. But uh, this is a divisional tilt. Uh, they, they matter a little bit more because that's who you're going to be chasing uh, for the rest of the season, it seems. And if you can bring the BC Lions closer to you, I know week one was, uh, you know, it was a while back, but, you know, Vernon Adams, you know, he had a good game, but it was a close game. It was maybe closer than the score. You know, it was a 10-point win by the Lions, but the Stamps were, that was a, that was a, a three-point game. It was maybe a field goal game, maybe halfway through the fourth quarter. They were in that one. So I think the, the, there's a lot on the line for the Stampeders. They want to continue that momentum going because they've been playing good football. Uh, and, you know, you're just waiting for that one, you know, just keep going with the balanced approach here and just waiting for it all to come together here. And, and Saturday night would be a good place to start. And they played well there in BC place. They're going uh, seven in a row there, I believe now. So uh, they look to make it eight. So it's a big one. Well, good news for the Calgary Stampeders heading into this one, something that hasn't happened a lot this year. And that's uh, the depth chart, not changing a lot for this team. And it's changing only minimally in a positive way offensively. We're expecting Kadeem Carey and Trey Odom's Dukes to be back in the lineup for the Calgary Stampeders. I know Carey listed as a game-time decision, but uh, Diedrich Mills filled in pretty well during his absence. It sure would be nice for Jake Mayer, though, to have number 35 back in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, uh, as much as uh, Diedrich Mills has done, like that 137 yards was huge, and we were waiting for it all year for the the running game to get going because you know, it was either they didn't stick with it or they just, they play game up against a defense that just figured them out. It was a great performance from Diedrich Mills, and, and it should not go without saying he's going to get some reps there on Saturday for sure. I, I, but again, with Kadeem Carey, he's such a game-breaker. He is the most dynamic player maybe on this offense that they have to offer, um, and they need to get that goal, run game going. And, and Kadeem, albeit a game-time decision, he's – He's gone really full go in practice the last two weeks. I, I think last week was they, they held him out because it was a little bit of a shorter week. Uh, this one was they got the extra days. So, you know what, I think and Dave Dickinson was very confident that uh, Kadeem was re- ready to go. And I think with that uh, game-time decision, all hands on deck there with, with Kadeem. And I think he just adds such another layer to the game. And, and I would love to see them both in the backfield, get more like, like I got two, two running back strategy going. I think Diedrich at least has to touch the ball 10 times because he is well, uh, such a dynamic game breaker as well. Of course, you don't want to run Kadeem too much, obviously, but the toe looks good. He looks good in practice. I think just him having it back and Jake having him back as an extra layer of protection in pass pro and everything will be such a such a big difference maker. Uh, Aaron Vickers alongside us this afternoon, AV. Just curious what the return for Kerry, you kind of alluded to it, can do for Jake Meyer, Mayer, pardon me, just more unpredictability on the offensive end might free up the quarterback a little bit? Um, yeah, I mean, and Jake Mayer has been given the green light to, to go if he, if he sees fit, like if a play, a play tends to break down and if it's, a, if it's a shorter, like a second and four type situation, he's got the green light to go and with Kadeem, like again, he's he's yeah, he's a more downhill type runner. He's gonna pound between the between that the guard and the center. He's gonna get outside. He's gonna burn you. But again, like again, it's just this is more talent. I think is what you want to see on this offensive side. Diedrich's done such a great job filling in. But I think yeah, you're right. It, it does uh, add uh, you know a little bit air layer of okay. Well, BC's got to figure it out. They've only really had to play him against a half really because he got injured third quarter in week one. 
And uh, he was running really well. I think he got, uh, I think he was uh, like 45 yards, 47 yards and a half. So he was on pace to do really well in that game against BC. So I think, yeah, it just adds another layer of a, a weapon for Jake Mayer. And I think, like I, I alluded to before, it can help in the prote- pass protection game because he, he's a good run blocker as well, or a pass blocker, I should say. And, and there, there's, like, there's a guy on that defensive line in BC with Matthew Betts. He's got 10 sacks. Uh, leading the league in the CFL. I know the Bombers did a really good job on him last week, uh, but it's going to be a big job this week. Another week of uh, the same five in front of Jake Mayer is also huge, and, and I know Bryce Bell is going to have a, have a tall task on his hands there with Matthew Betts, but I know that that will help out with, with Kadeem and, and the rest of the offensive line. Just, just more consistency for Jake is the best. I know it hasn't been the most favorable season on the injury front for the Stampeders. I'm just curious what it does from a morale perspective to have the team's nominee for MOP last year coming back. Oh, my God. Yeah, like Jake said it yesterday, he adds such a joy to the offense. He makes everything lighter. He's, he's a fun guy to be around. I mean, it's, it maybe isn't, it wasn't the most loose group because there was some new bodies they had to work in throughout time. This is a very young group that's still figuring each other out and Kadeem just maybe takes the pressure off a little bit and and with what he can bring to the game because he when he's going he is one of the best running backs in this game and and for a league that doesn't always you know rely on the running back like Diedrich running for 137 yards that's that's a rarity in the CFL it seems of late so Kadeem is that type of guy that can do you know 20 20 to 25 carries a game get you 100 to 120 yards a game consistently and but like what Jake said like yesterday in the scrum is just it just makes everybody seem more loose and he is he's such a joy to watch and be around so I think everybody's going to feel a little bit better when they see him in the in the huddle there on Saturday. He's not in the lineup on Saturday but a lot of us curious to see what Markeith Ambles look like in practice this week uh, Patty after being a bit of a surprise release from the Toronto Argonauts he rejoins the team here in Calgary. Like I said, won't be in on Saturday, but I think a lot of Stamps fans curious to see what number 17 looks like when he does get back out there. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that, uh, like Dave said, uh, is a guy that knows the playbook. Uh, you know, being here so recently as 2021, uh, he went to you know get his ring there in Toronto last year, but he's been injured this year, and he started the year on the sixth game, and Toronto's obviously had some guys step up in his absence, and so Marquise was was uh, expendable, but I think it's a guy that, that Dave, and it's, he, he also alluded this week, it's so tough to find guys that uh, know the game, that can pick it up in such a matter, and, and with Marquise knowing the CFL game, uh, you can get him, pick him up off the street for, for next to nothing right now, so I think he's not, he, he didn't he didn't feature too much, obviously, he was on the scout team a lot, and obviously being starting on the practice squad, but again, it's just another added layer of depth in case, you know, just because Trey Odom's deuce, he's, he's dealing with that rib issue, and you don't know how many, many snaps he's going to get, and you don't want to totally run Clark Barnes into the into the ground because he's also stepped up. But Marquise just adds a, that depth that's so important as we get here into the fall and, and the injuries start mounting up. Uh, Trey Odoms duke back in the lineup. Uh, he was dealing with some injury stuff himself. Is he at 100% heading into Saturday, Patty? Uh, I, I mean, I would say if he's, he's there, he's been listed to go. He's been all full go in practice. He made a heck of a catch yesterday in practice as well. I would say he's a hundred percent, but you know, it's the ribs. It's a you know, one hit. You never know. It's going to, yeah. it's going to creep up on you. So you, those ribs, but of course the staff's medical staff wouldn't have cleared him if he, if he wasn't good to go. But 
Uh, again, just if, if, if Trey goes off for a couple downs, don't be surprised because, you know, they just they want to keep him keep him healthy. But, again, when he's in the game, he's, he's really good. I think he's been Jake's maybe not – Favorite target? I wouldn't say favorite target. I think he like Jake's. Jake's really good at spreading the ball around. But but Trey in the first game against BC, I think he well he only had one catch. But as he goes along, I, like he had about seven catches the next game. He's he is that guy that can get you the yards in between the tackle, like in, like in, in from the slot position from underneath and and can maybe stretch the ball a little bit but i'm he's really key in the red zone and that's where i think trey's going to be big and once you get down down to the 25 20 yard line jake throws that up to the corner trey's his guy we're with patty dumas one of our stamp peters reporters here on sportsnet 960 the fan uh chatting all things stamps they have a big matchup against bc on saturday uh, i'm curious for your take on this defensive line for the team patty because last couple of weeks you're we going through a bunch of drama on this james Vodders is injured uh, the team goes out to make a move to bring in Jagarrett Davis. He doesn't pass his physical. That trade is voided. They've sort of ran Mike Moore and Isaac Adiemi Berglund in that DN spot opposite Julian House there. How has it been in your mind for this team when it comes to rushing the passer and the production they've gotten from the D-line since Vodders was out and Jagarrett Davis wasn't able to join the team? I think it's it's been there. Uh, maybe not as as much as you like, because I mean, Vaughn's well, he had five sacks. He led the lead, he led the team there. He he's such a disturbance there, and you want to see more maybe from Julian House there. He's gotten the pressures. He's he's had some good games, but maybe not so much getting to the quarterback. The interior guys has been really impressive. Like Mike Rose was great last week. He's been he's been great all year. Derek Wiggins. When you're not talking so much about Rose and Wiggins, because they're not they're just doing their job, and that's what they do. So like from what I'm seeing with the stamps, it's just D-line is consistency, and that maybe the linebacking group can also get looped into that as well. I'm not worried about those guys. It's it's the secondary that's had the rotating, you know, cast of characters in there with the amount of injuries they've had to deal with, and you know, Jonathan Moxie having the interception last week in the end zone was huge. Uh, to close that game out there at the end. And uh, you want to see more, obviously, you know, from the secondary, getting getting in the face of those receivers because BC's got a cast of characters there, obviously, with Katoy and, and Dominique Rimes. It, it, it's just such a good group there. Uh, and uh, they'll be ready. They'll be wanting to get something ready going as well because they their offense was held in check last week. And, and obviously their defense is going to be another story because uh, having that 50-burger thrown on them is, is not fun. And for a team that's been so consistent, obviously they weren't going to have that, uh, obviously the no touchdowns. Uh, what did they have, like nine points in like 55 quarters or something like that? It was something, I mean, not that much, but it was, it was something really, really nuts from that defense. But uh, it's just our, our the Calgary defense, I'm not worried about the linebackers. I'm not worried about that D-line. The secondary – you want to see a little bit more from, but from what I've seen from the defensive line this year, of course, uh, you just want to get more quarterback sacks, but I've, they've done a really good job in Vodder's uh, absence. Patty, you touched on something there that I want to ask you about. Who's yeah. got the momentum or who's got the, I don't want to say swagger, but who's got the vibes going right now? Because you mentioned Stamps are coming off their best game of the season, handing Toronto their first loss, a 20-7 to victory. The Lions got pasted by the Blue Bombers, as you mentioned, 50-14. to Adams didn't play in that game. Should or should uh, BC be angrier than Calgary is happy right now, or how do you view just the general um, vibe of each team heading into this matchup? I think BC is definitely going to have a chip on their shoulder. We've seen that throughout the league. The top teams get pumped one week; they they bounce back the next week. So 
we're looking like BC had the same thing. They had the, the, the bad game in week three against Toronto. They, they had a really good bounce back. And then I believe that was the Winnipeg game. They bounced back and played really well. And, and then, uh, you know, I'm expecting BC to be better because they are really good. The, the, just the whole vibe around the Lions is so much different lately. They, the, the crowds are, are more excited. Like, uh, what Amar, I had Matt Baker on this morning. We had a good chat about what Amar Doman's been doing for that organization uh, in that city because it is obviously a tough market for, for the CFL to run in. And uh, if I'd have to say among the big three CFL markets, Vancouver's doing a hell of a job. So I say Vancouver's got a lot, or sorry, BC's got a lot of of the riding on this because they saw what Winnipeg did last night coming back in that game against Edmonton. Uh, they got to keep pace with them. So and getting Vernon Adams back is such a huge, huge difference for them as well. So I'm thinking Calgary's got to be ready. And the, yeah, they played well at BC Place, and you know maybe this is a bit of a rivalry game. It's starting to, it is a rivalry game. It is. I would say it might be Calgary's biggest rival right now is the BC Lions because of what's happened you know bc beat them in the playoffs last year they beat them to open the season in mcmahon it's there's a lot on the line here especially for calgary because they got to keep pace with saskatchewan and they got to you know not get out of a crossover spot because you're not always certain that that might be available for you so in calgary's eyes bc size it's a must win maybe i don't want to say must win but bc's got a stretch here of playing a five consecutive western teams they got two left they got saskatchewan next week Calgary's in the midst of arguably the toughest stretch of any team's got playing the three top teams in the league right now. It's a big one, man. And and BC, they're going to be, they're going to be fired up and it's Wally Buono's going to the wall of fame next tomorrow night. And we know on both sides, what Wally means to these organizations. Curious about your take on uh, the defensive line for BC versus Calgary's O-line. BC's defensive line is second in the league in sacks with 25 they're second in rushing yards against at 75. I'm just curious what you make of the challenge for the O-line and, and Mayer, who was sacked three times and limited to 160 passing yards in week one against the Lions. Yeah, like that was that was the key where Jake was trying to figure out what he had to work with. Uh, it wasn't, it was one of those inconsistent games we've seen from Jake this year. And of late, he's been better. You want to see him take care of the ball. And I, it's, I, well, I, I said it earlier. I think having the same five in front of you is so big. Jake said that mm-hmm. so much when I brought it up. He, he, he loves seeing the same five nameplates for sure. And that just gives him more confidence. And uh, I, I, Matthew Betts, he, he's that game record. We've seen it all year. I mean, Winnipeg did a really good job because obviously, you know, Winnipeg had a lot riding in that game because they got hosed the first time they played BC. I think they, you know, they got to Kalaros like six times in that one. So I, I'm confident this beat in this Calgary offensive line, like uh, those three anchors in the middle, and then uh, Bryce Bell's done really well so far since he's coming back from injury. Uh, and, and, you know, Kadeem Carey being back, like I said, helps in the pass protection game. Once you, you, want, you want to see Jake. Like, Jake was, well, he was really, he was like 90% completion percentage last week. He's really good. But maybe, you know, as they were, his longest completion was made for 14 yards. You want to see them stretch the field, of course. And he's got to have that time to be given uh, to stretch the field. So it's going to be a big one to, to, to contain those, those, uh, those front four in BC's. Uh, last but not least, from a Lions perspective, we did hear part of your chat with Matt Baker a little bit earlier on this hour. Uh, Vernon Adams Jr. back under center for the Lions. He's given the Stamps trouble before. Uh, we know the running ability of Vernon Adams Jr. and mixed with a more accurate arm this year. He looks like a dangerous uh, opponent for anybody. What do you think is going to be key for the Stampeders when it comes to slowing down Vernon Adams Jr. back in that Lions offense? 
don't let him out of the pocket. You want to try and contain him, make him you know, contain, make him use, throw with the ball. Don't let him try to get active and, and uh, you, know, sp- you know, spread the field and whatnot. You want to keep him in there, get the pressure, get the, the guys up in the middle to, to cause some pressure, to cause some panic. That's going to be the one thing. It's like, it's so key in this league it was, with most of the quarterbacks being pretty active with their feet. It's, it's one thing to get pressure you don't want to. You want to have your linebackers in contain. I'm not worried about that them because Cam Judge is one of the best at, at doing his job, and Micah always obviously the CFL leading tackler. Uh, it's just keeping him contained and and getting pressure on him. I think will do so much. We'll see. He's, he supposedly you know might have a brace on that knee, so we'll see how active he is. Whether he wants to try and, and move the move the pocket and and use his feet to extend plays. So. We'll see how much how much he wants to be when because that needs. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see. You got to test that. And obviously, he's had a good week of practice, but you don't know until you get into the game action what it's going to be like. Patty, appreciate the time as <clears throat> always, pal. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Can't wait to check you. in with you again next week, pal. Sounds good, buddy. Take care. Take care, Patrick Dumont, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Stan Peters, reporter and the producer for the Big Show with Russick and Rose right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, Lions and Stampeders go Saturday from BC. It's a 5 p.m. mountain kickoff. Tonight for Friday Night Football, you've got the Riders and the Montreal Alouettes from Montreal at 5.30. Weekends off with a Battle of Ontario between Ottawa and Toronto Sunday at 5 p.m. We will take a break. We'll wrap it up hour two. When we get into hour three on this Friday, we'll hear more from Jose Bautista as he signs a one-day contract to retire as a member of the Blue Jays before going into the level of excellence tomorrow at Rogers Center. And uh, a guy that uh, we know well here in these parts of Calgary, uh, Ryan Strasnitsky, going to join us uh, about a cool initiative he's got coming up to raise some money for a very important cause. So looking forward to talking to Stras. That, as Hour 3, is next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.